If you're new here, I'm Jen. And if you've been here before, I'm still Jen. And this is still The Pilot Principle, the podcast where I pick apart the pilot episode of a series like a loose piece of yarn, despite spending years telling everyone around me that a series should never, ever, ever be judged by just its pilot episode. Today, we're unspooling the newly released Amazon Prime series, Wilderness. I'm a woman of order, so here's how this works. Firstly, I'll talk about the credits, you know, who's in it, who directed it, who wrote it, before breaking down the pilot synopsis and then taking a look at the first 10 minutes of the pilot. After that, I'll put the main characters under a microscope and then chat about what I did and didn't like in the pilot episode before talking about whether or not it's convinced me to watch the entire series or at least the second episode. Here's what we're working with for Wilderness, which is a drama thriller. The pilot title is called Happily Ever After. And as a pilot title, that just makes me think, you know, that's normally what you get at the end of reading a fairy tale. And they all lived happily ever after. So maybe this is what happens after the happily ever after, you know, once we've closed the books and what these characters actually go through once the fairy tale is over. That's what I'm thinking could be wrong, but that's the vibe I get. So Happily Ever After is actually an easy breezy 52 minutes, which I am very pleased with. When I clicked to watch it and saw it was 52 minutes, I watched it immediately. There was no pausing, trying to rearrange my day, think about all the things I had to do or what I was giving up to watch it because, yeah, I mean, gone are the days of just having a nice 43 minute, 50 minute episode of television. Now everything is 60 minutes. Like, you know, I've got that kind of time in the day. And actually, sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't want to commit, you know? Happily Ever After was written by Marnie Dickens. And in fact, Marnie Dickens is the series creator. She also execs the entire series and has wrote the entire series, bar one episode, which she co-wrote with somebody else. And Marnie Dickens has written other miniseries, including Gold Digger and 13, both for BBC. Now, I haven't seen either of these two, but from what I remember of Gold Digger, that did star Ben Barnes. That's all, that's all I know about it. Happily Ever After was directed by So Young Kim, who directs every episode in the series. She seems to be well known in the independent film scene and for TV has directed an episode of the NBC medical drama series New Amsterdam and two episodes of Apple TV Plus's Raw, neither of which unfortunately I have seen, but I have heard of New Amsterdam and I've heard good things. Wilderness stars Jenna Coleman as Liv Taylor in one of the two principal roles. And now a few things Jenna Coleman has been in include Doctor Who, where she played one of the Doctors, well, technically two of the Doctor's companions. She played Clara Oswald. That's where I really know her from and where I've watched most of her acting. The other things she's been in include playing Victoria in the ITV series Queen Victoria, which I believe I watched maybe the first series of and then didn't continue. She was also in the BBC series The Serpent and played Joanna Constantine in The Sandman on Netflix. I really enjoyed The Sandman. I think that's coming back for a second series. Alongside Jenna Coleman is Oliver Jackson-Cohen, who plays Will Taylor, her husband in the series. Oliver Jackson-Cohen has done a mixture of film and TV. He played Adrian Griffin in the Invisible Man film. He played Luke Crane in The Haunting of Hill House, Peter Quint in The Haunting of Bly Manor, and played someone called Rowan slash Lucas in Emerald City, which only lasted for one series years ago. And that's one of the series that I regret sitting down and watching the entirety of because it was not good. But I watched the first episode. I watched a second episode I watched the third episode and then I was like there's not that many episodes in the series I might as well watch the whole thing but you know now I've moved on I've grown I've evolved now I sometimes judge a series by just the first episode
The series also stars Ashley Benson as Kara Parker. We don't meet too much in the first episode, but as I saw her name in the credits and I know who she is, I thought, hey, let's just include her. So one of the main things that Ashley Benson is known for is for playing Hannah Marin in the series Pretty Little Liars and Brit in the movie Spring Breakers. As I mentioned, Wilderness is playing over on Amazon Prime. Now, I don't know too much about Amazon Prime shows, but I've watched quite a lot of Amazon Prime movies. And I think there's a common theme, which we'll get to later on in the episode. And finally to say is that the series only has six episodes, which is really manageable. And by looking at the episodes, they are an average of 55 minutes. So some are around the 50 mark. I think one sort of strays over to the 60 mark, but it's not for the first episode. So that's that's a problem for later on down the line. In fact, it won't even be a problem because once you're invested in a series, if an episode is on the longer side, you're happy to just sort of sit down and commit because you're invested in the characters, you're invested in the story. And so, yeah, it's mostly for that pilot episode where I get a bit apprehensive about sitting down and committing to, you know, something that's longer than 60 minutes. Actually, something that's longer than 55 minutes, to be perfectly honest, because 55 is basically 60. Oh, a quick note as well on the credit side is that the series Wilderness is based on a book of the same name by B.E. Jones. I haven't read the book. I don't know if it's a one-off or a series, but that's just something to note. I always think it's good to know when a series is based on a book because some people might prefer to read the book first before then coming back to commit to the series or they just like to watch the series and then think, oh, that was quite good. Or I wonder what the book is like. So, um, you know, and hey, I like books. So if I can encourage reading as well on this podcast, I am all for it. So yeah, Wilderness by B.E. Jones, if anybody is interested. Now that we've got our facts all lined up, let's head into what the pilot synopsis is about. We meet husband and wife, Will and Liv, who have moved to New York, and it seems to be a dream come true for the two of them. They've moved there for Will's work, and all seems well in Pleasantville until the couple start going through marital problems. The problem being Will, who has cheated on Liv. To make up for his infidelity, Will books the two of them the ultimate getaway, the honeymoon that Liv has always wanted, which is a cross-country road trip across the States. And honestly... Same, not gonna lie, didn't judge her for going back to him when he presented these tickets for two. And despite the two of them going away to hopefully rekindle their marriage, it looks like Liv is actually going to use it as the perfect opportunity to murder her cheating husband. But that's what the pilot episode, in a nutshell, is about. I'm a hobbyist screenwriter, and one thing I've always been taught whether you're writing a TV pilot or a feature film script, is that the first 10 minutes is where you need to hook your reader slash audience. So that's what we're going to look at now, the first 10 minutes of Happily Ever After. We begin looking at the road of a highway where a spider is squished <laughs> by a convertible that goes speeding by and is dri being driven by Liv with Will in the passenger seat. Already that screams foreshadowing. I mean... <laughs> the odds of a spider being squished by a... Well, actually, I have no idea what the odds are of how many spiders get squished on the road. But it does feel like it's foreshadowing something, especially because Liv is in the driver's seat. And then Liv's voice comes in omniscient. She's the narrator and she says, if you'd seen us that day, you'd have hated us. This perfect, happy couple. And they look it too. The sun is shining. They're smiling. They're in a convertible. They stop for gas. He kisses her on the head. She's wearing a cute dress. I don't know. Everything, <laughs> everything looks good in the land of the tailors. 
While Liv is also narrating, she talks about how she's always done what was right. She's always done everything she was supposed to do, has always put on the right mask for the right situation. A bit of a people pleaser, it seems. But then all of that finally changed when she met her husband, Will. So we get a little bit of insight into her frame of mind or her frame of mind up until that point and sort of who they are as a couple and how she sees them. But of course, she's talking in hindsight. So all of this is was, was, was. So, you know, already we're a bit curious about what is, what will happen, how we get from this situation in the past to wherever Liv is in the future and why she's talking about them in this way, nostalgically. And in a way, it's the happily ever after that our mind might conjure once we finish reading a fairy tale. This is happily ever after. And then we go into the intro. And I miss a good intro. And this one is played to a remixed version of Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do. And it kind of reminded me of the intro for The Flight Attendant, even though the art styles are very, very different. But it's quite artistic art deco you've got images of animals that seems to be displaying the circle of life you've got bugs being eaten by birds and and sort of things like that it looked very beautiful and it was very catchy as well and of course the lyrics of look what you made me do paired with the imagery is giving all kinds of foreshadowing to what the series and pilot may be about and that is the first three minutes. You've got a happy couple on, an, on a road trip. You've got the narrator's voice foreshadowing of things to come and the happier times that there were. And that is reinforced by the title sequence. So that, I think, as a nice little package, works very well. Unfortunately, that then <laughs> skips into a pretty subpar seven minutes, which is underlined by nine months earlier. And we watch as Liv and Will are a happy little couple in love. They go to a work party for Will, where he doesn't seem to introduce her to anyone, which I thought was a bit weird, but okay, maybe no big deal. There's a bit of chat with his boss, which I only mentioned because the person that she's married to is played by Canadian actor Steve Bakik, who has been on so many things. The Garage Sale Mystery Movies, R.I.P., Virgin River, NCIS, Arrow, X-Men 2. He's the kind of face you see everywhere, but can never pinpoint and I think he's great so I just thought I'd give him a quick shout out so yes they're at this party and they're just having a great time and they're really in love and they sneak away to make out in an elevator but while they do we pass a blonde and the only reason I've noticed the blonde is because it's Ashley Benson I was like oh that's gonna come up later so Will and Liv have moved to New York for Will's job and Liv has given up being a journalist back home in the UK and has decided to spend this time there working on her novel, as as everybody does. I'm just going to work on my novel now I've got all the time in the world. And then we skip to a montage of her working on her novel as Will goes away for work and comes back. And she's happy that he's back. And she's keeping house for Will. And they seem very happy. And then we get to Christmas. And Liv is putting together the house because Will is soon to return. And she gets a call from her mum. And that is the first 10 minutes. I, I get we sort of building up their lives, their relationship, how they operate as a unit, but there's not much to it. So I know I always talk about the first 10 minutes, but it, it isn't a hard and fast rule. And the drama and the end of Act 1 with Wilderness comes at around the 13 minute mark. And that's when Will has just returned. It's Christmas Eve. Will's returned from his work trip. And while he's in the shower, Liv reads a text on his phone and discovered that he slept with another woman. And she is broken that's sort of the main hook for you to be like oh but how do they get from where we later see them in nine months time though we meet a couple of characters in the pilot episode the principal characters are Liv and will 
So Liv is a, I mean, I'd just call her bland and sweet. She's optimistic. She's trying not to turn into her parents, specifically her mother, who seems to still be bitter after her divorce from Liv's father, which seems to be years and years and years ago. Liv is supposed to be cute. I mean, Jenna Coleman, she's just got an adorable looking face, if you ask me. I can't really see her as being villainous. However, there's ultimately supposed to be a darker side to her from, you know, the, the undertones of danger to come that we're, we're getting from the episode. I mean, maybe that's why giving this role, the role of Liv to Jenna Coleman was perfect because she has the exact kind of face you can't ever imagine ever doing anything remotely devious. And then, of course, we have Will, who's played by Oliver Jackson Cohen. And it's hard to get a read on Will. At first, I thought I was getting toxic vibes because when he was saying hello to his colleagues, he wasn't introducing his wife. And I was like, oh, what direction is this going to go in? But that toxicity didn't really manifest throughout the episode. So that was probably just a bad read. But he's just a normal man who cheated on his wife because he thinks he can have it all, you know. There's just nothing right now special about him. In fact, there's nothing special about either of them. They could be anyone and maybe that's why they chose them. They're just a couple going through a problem. Or I guess one of them has gone through a problem and the other one is trying to find a solution. In terms of antagonist, this one is actually quite fun because in a way, everyone is an antagonist. Arguably, the first thing you could say is that the other woman, Kara, is the antagonist because stereotypically we always paint the other woman as the person who is in the wrong. And even though we don't get to see much of Kara in the pilot episode, there is a bit where we watch her ask Will if he is planning to leave his wife and he says yes. It takes two people to have an affair, but only one of them sometimes is in the wrong. Like, I, we don't know anything about Kara. She's just the other woman to us right now. But Will is the one who is married and is cheating on his wife and is potentially going to leave live so in a sense he is also the antagonist he's playing these two women for all we know he's not actually planning to leave Kara and he's planning to stay with Liv and you know she caught him cheating and he apologized and has taken the two of them on this road trip so perhaps he isn't planning to leave Kara at all like it he's just out here playing with the emotions of two women so in a, in a way he could also be seen as the antagonist but finally of course Liv also <laughs> is given antagonistic vibes because she's clearly thinking about killing her husband for cheating on her. And so, you know, good guys, princesses in a happily ever after fairy tale, they don't commit murder. That's the job of the villain, the antagonist. So yeah, it's quite interesting. There's potentially a way for everybody to be in the, <laughs> in the wrong here. It's all to play for really. So we've discussed the first 10 minutes, well, 13 minutes, the main characters, the antagonists, um, and now a little bit about what my favourite and least favourite part. It's a part in the episode, which is only about 90 seconds long, where Will's infidelity, or betrayal I suppose is more accurate, slaps Liv in the face for the second time. He comes in with flowers, jewellery, her favourite takeout, you know, making amends for her finding out about him cheating on her for what he said was only a one-time instance. And Liv is processing because she realises that it was more than one time and it might still be ongoing, but she's processing. She, her body's going through the motions. She takes the flowers, she accepts the jewellery, but her mind is working a hundred steps ahead. What I really liked about this scene is that it's non-verbal. You watch her face as she is crushed and she's trying to keep it to herself and bury it down as she is stunned, unable to move, speechless. And then she sort of digs herself out of this hole and she starts to devise a plan. 
and then the plan becomes more and more secure in her mind and she smiles ever so slightly. And as soon as she smiles, we know, the audience knows that Will is in big trouble. He just doesn't know it yet. And I think that was my favourite part of the episode. It was so subtle, some great acting from Jenna Coleman. And it's almost like an internal breakdown and reassemble of a person's emotions, which was really, really interesting to see play out on screen. In terms of what I didn't like, there wasn't anything specific. There was one very cliche moment. Okay, actually two now I think about it. The first, after finding out about her philandering husband for the first time, when she reads the text on his phone, Liv sort of sees red and trashes the apartment. It's sort of Christmas Eve. She has made a fantastic dinner for the two of them and she tears down the Christmas tree, rips away the stockings, smashes the food all over the floor. Very wasteful, but we move. So like Liv is seeing red here. I'm talking bust the windows out your car, carve my name into your leather seat. She's, she goes crazy and yeah, she gathers up all his clothes and starts a fire. <laughs> and it was just a little weird because it doesn't, it's not an immediate reaction. She sort of finds out he's cheated. She sends him away. She sits and watches their old wedding video and then she sort of gets up really calmly and then flies into this rage. And of course, everybody is entitled to their own reactions, but it just felt odd in terms of like sort of story and rhythm and beats. It just felt like an odd thing to do at that exact moment in time and maybe would have been more suited to, you know, after she's kicked him out or something. She weirdly had this calm and then this rage as there's no sense of time and we don't know how long it's been from when she's kicked him out to when she then decides to trash the apartment. It just felt really odd and just very cliche, but not a cliche that I wanted to see, <laughs> that I was interested in seeing. And the second thing that was very cliche um, that I didn't like about this episode was that we meet, I don't know if it's her best friend, it's her neighbour, I have no idea who this person is, but she's that asexual black best friend sounding board, which I thought we were done with having these characters. <laughs> I thought we were done with them. And this could be a prejudgment because for all I know, this character could come back and be really significant throughout the whole series. But my job is to judge this series on the pilot alone. And yeah, I just was a bit like, ick. Who is this character? Literally zero depth. The only reason they were there was to give her some, you know, very generic advice, just to listen to her moan. And then we never saw this character again. We never heard them mentioned again. And so, yeah, I was a bit... I don't know. I think disappointed is the term. It was just very cliche. And like I said, I thought we were done with that. And I believe it was Gabrielle Union who came up with that term. I saw her mention it in an interview years ago. And yeah, it's a no for me. And finally, because I'm too pedantic not to mention it, the inconsistency of Jenna Coleman's Welsh accent. I didn't even realise that Liv was Welsh. During her narration at the start of the episode, she just sounded British, to be perfectly honest. And then at a certain point, she started sounding Welsh. And I was like, why does she sound Welsh? Is she a con woman? Have I misjudged this entire pilot episode? But then I realised she's supposed to be Welsh and the Welsh accent just drifts in and drifts out whenever it feels like it. And it's very distracting. So yeah, those were the three things in the pilot episode that I just wasn't for. Now, none of these would stop me watching the rest of the pilot or make me consider not watching the rest of the series. But yeah, just no. We need to do better than cliches and we need to work harder on our accents here, people. Or, you know, you just hire a Welsh actress instead. At the end of the episode, we know that 
Liv plans to kill her husband and then we skip forward in time to seeing her stood at a grave. We don't see the name on the grave but she's wearing black and it looks like she might have gone through with it. In the voiceover she's teasing to us that we're all here to watch the monster, we're all here for the drama, the theatrics and we don't want a happily ever after. We want we want mess, you know, we want grit. And as an end of episode hook, yes it works because it leaves us with questions for the series but the way that she was addressing us was like she was breaking the fourth wall. And I don't know if that quite works for me. She's been a bit more of a narrator, sort of just retrospectively making comments about the moment and hinting about what's to come. But addressing us directly, I, I, that just didn't really work for me. With the ending of the episode, we start to look at the series ahead. And there are certain assumptions and certain questions. Presumably the other woman will turn up. Will Liv kill her husband? Will she not? We know that Liv doesn't really get along with her mum. So how is that going to be tested throughout the series? And if Liv does kill Will, you know, will she get away with murder? You know, how's that going to happen? How's that going to manifest? Is it going to turn out to be some sort of um, police drama? Because <laughs> we love a police drama here. So is that what this is going to end up turning into? So, you know, there are certain questions there. Overall, though, for me, I will say the pilot episode... And even thinking about where the series could go as a whole is just a bit meh. Just a bit so-so. Lukewarm, tepid. I just wasn't invested really in Liv and Will's happily ever after, their marriage. Even with Liv deciding to kill her husband because he cheated on her. I mean, it all just felt a bit basic, to be honest. And there's nothing that hasn't been done before in this. It's just, sure, it's now just set in set in New York. It's two Brits. Sorry, one Brit, one Welsh. And there's also a quietness to it that there's no one else really taking up space in the pilot episode. So all of our attention are on Will and Liv and they just aren't giving enough to carry that for it to just be the two of them. They're just not charismatic enough. They're not interesting enough. They're not engaging enough. And unfortunately just setting it in a different country and, you know, having a really interesting opening title sequence doesn't disguise from the fact that it's very average. And yeah, sure, I've got questions about what could happen next throughout the series, but I just don't really care about the answers. So for the time being, no, I will not be watching the second episode. However, I will say it looks like Wilderness is a relatively easy watch. And if my play wasn't so full, then I might be singing a different song. However, the point of the pilot principle is to let the pilot episode stand alone as tribute. We have so little time and so much to watch. So now that we've hashed out the fundamental principles, will you be giving the pilot episode a watch or have you already binged all six episodes of Wilderness? Let me know over on Twitter slash X at pilot principle and I'll catch you on the next episode. Oh.